When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is August 19th, and on Sunday, Atlanta United will play at Columbus, their beautiful new stadium. Kickoff is going to be about 5.35 p.m. on FS1, but of course I hope that you'll follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, and then look for the stories after the game uh, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, or again on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. In this podcast, you're going to hear from manager Gonzalo Pineda, player Santiago Sosa, and then we got a special guest, Michael Collins of ESPN Plus, who hosts the very good show America's Caddy. The tournament championship FedEx Cup playoffs will be at Eastlake next week. Collins will be there. The reason I spoke with him is he is also a soccer fan. And on his show America's Caddy, Brad Guzan is going to have a segment about golf. So look for that. He says it's either Sunday or Monday night, but you'll hear from him after the break. Let's go into a few bits o numbers about the game coming up. Atlanta United right now is in 13th place in the East, four points behind 7th place Orlando. There are five teams between Atlanta and Orlando. Atlanta has nine games left to try to reach that playoff spot for the fifth time in six seasons. I think the math doesn't work in their favor. But if they can get on a run, you never know. Columbus is led by Caleb Porter, the manager. They are 5-4-3 at home. Atlanta United is 1-7-4 on the road. Goals for and against Atlanta United 34-38, Columbus 32-27. Expected goals for and against Atlanta United 36.1 to 35.7. So they've been a little bit unlucky in both goals for and against. And Columbus 31.6 to 29.7. Y'all know who the players to watch for Atlanta United are. For Columbus, Lucas Zellerayon, eight goals, five assists. Cucho, maybe the most informed striker in Major League Soccer with six goals. Derek Etienne, five goals, five assists. Darlington Nagby, who many of you would love to see back at Atlanta United, three goals. Joe Dickerson is going to be your ref. Atlanta United's injury report didn't really change very much. Uh, George Campbell did train with the team today, so we're going to see what he has to if he'll play on Sunday if they go to a three-center-back system again. All right, now let's get into the audio from today's interviews. If you'll remember from the Red Bulls' loss on Wednesday, at halftime, Gonzalo Pineda brought in two subs, both wingbacks. I asked him today if those subs were tactical or if they were planned to try to get Gutman and Lennon a few more minutes. It was a tactical switch. We felt that uh, they were pushing too high 
uh, Caceres, and it was almost in a four-four-two kind of. It was a four-two-two-two kind mm -hmm. of two tens and then two nines and two center meets. Uh, so that was causing us problems. So we felt that uh, with a bad five we could have uh, sorted out better. And I think we did. And uh, actually, after that, they changed to a back five. So I felt that the adjustment was was good. Um, but uh, it wasn't really about tactics. It was also about, you know, in key moments of the game, we, we just we we just concede goals from nowhere, in my opinion. Yep. And uh, and after that, it's hard to chase the game. So I think it was that lapsus of 20 minutes where we struggled in the first half. We have a good start. The first 10 minutes, I think, was pretty good with some mm -hmm. crosses, some dangerous plays, a couple of good build-ups. And after that, we concede the first goal, immediately the second goal. And after that, a couple of chances. So mentally, the team started to go down a little bit. But after that, we recoup. We start to get a couple of chances also in the first half. And then the second half was all all of us over the, their, their, their box, their, their attacking, their, their defensive third. And then we couldn't capitalize those, those half chances that we had. I followed up that question by asking Pineda. I'm sure that he's reflected for a lot of this season about the team's inability to keep its confidence when something bad happens, such as the opponent scoring a goal. And here's his answer. Well, I think I think it's normal. Some uh, every time you know you consider a goal, you have a little bit of a mental switch, and at times it, it lasts longer. At times it, it it lasts a few minutes. I think every time it's just five ten minutes. After that, we start to be better again. Same thing happened against Cincinnati. We were very good in the first half, scored a goal, then we concede two goals from nowhere, and then the team goes down a little bit and after that we have a good response we have a very good chance with Luis at the end of, of the first half against Cincinnati so it's always like this uh, and that's what we need to maintain a little bit more emotional levels more more you know uh, more steady emotional levels it's also part of you know the maturity of having a lot of young players it's normal I think uh, it's part of that growth is part of that development we have to accept that when you have uh, young players, and and it's part of their growth. So I think it's, it's somehow normal. I'm going to disagree a little bit with Pineda in his response. He's got in the back Juanjo Parata, who's played for Tigres in the Champions League and Liga Emekis, Andrew Gutman, who's a veteran, Brooks Lennon, who's a veteran, Caleb Wiley obviously is not, Ronald Hernandez, who's a veteran, Joseph Martinez is a veteran, Araujo, who went through the wars in Europe, is a veteran, Almada is a young guy, but this shouldn't be happening with nine games remaining. It still shouldn't be happening. I can understand at the beginning of the season, but not in a game where three points were an absolute must and they didn't get it. And they gave up the one goal, and then four minutes later, they gave up another goal. At some point, players have to take it upon themselves and say, it doesn't matter what happens, I'm going full bore. And they're just not doing that yet. With all the injuries and everything the team has had, I asked Pineda if he yet knows what his strongest lineup in formation is, especially because all these are now must-win games. It's a very good question, Doug. <laughs> I think I have a pretty good idea, uh, but it's not easy, to be honest, because uh, I always told you this since, since, I think, May. At some point, I want to have 
to have some stability and, and, and just to some consistency in lineups, in players and that. And we haven't had that. So that also takes place at, at, at times in that little discoordination in the back line, like the deflection and then the ball goes top of the box, no one is there. So because we've been playing with two, with three midfielders, with back three, with back fours, so is part of that inconsistency what we've been seeing at this point of the season i always prefer after june july you have already your best 11 your best formation and you start to just 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 play uh, with that lineup continuously and and the changes have to be minimum uh, we haven't had that so that's the ups and downs that you've been seeing but we are trying to get there mm -hmm. i think now we have a good core of players recovered we have now we have the luxury of having two players not dressing up, which is new for us. <laughs> Didn't happen very often in the last few months. So uh, we can have better choices, better quality in the training sessions and try to get the best lineup and the best formation for the last uh, nine games of, of the season. So we are trying to get there. Yeah. And then we also asked Pineda about stopping Cucho. Well, it's Cucho, but also the services on Cucho, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so he's a fantastic number nine. Uh, fast, powerful, good, uh, you know, in the 1v1 duels and, and also uh, he shots from distance very well, uh, good finisher, but it's also the services from from one line before, so obviously Lucas Elaraya and the two wingers, Diaz, Etienne, the fullbacks, Pedro Santos, and obviously their midfield, I think they have a very, very good midfield, one of the best in MLS probably with Nagby Arthur and Salarian as a 10. Uh, so it's, it's everything in general is dangerous about uh, Columbus. Uh, so we will come up with a, with a good training plan, a good plan for the game, and then trying to, to do our game and try to get more and better chances than them. We also spoke with Santiago Sosa. As you all know, Atlanta United has given up 10 goals on set pieces this season, including two in each of the past two games. So I asked Sosa... What is the the mistake that keeps happening on these goals? I think the the error is is from all of us. It's not from from a specific player. I think maybe just more more concentration in the in the early minutes of games because that's when we're receiving goals. But the the focus is to be to be fully concentrated um, in in those moments and especially when the game starts. All right, we're gonna go to a break. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. 
So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. And I'm sure I don't need to remind you that in addition to the Atlanta United coverage, you get coverage of the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Hawks, the University of Georgia Bulldogs, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, Georgia State Panthers, the Kennesaw State Owls, the local golf scene, which, again, includes the Tour Championship at East Lake coming up, where 30 guys are going to be battling for way more money than they should be battling for. But that's neither here nor there. I need to also remind you all that if you want to leave a message for the podcast, I will play it and answer your question or respond to your statement. That number is 770-810-5297. 770-810-5297. Put it in your phones now. If you don't, I'm going to be very, very disappointed in each of you. Very disappointed. And this is producer Jay chiming in. Doug, we've hired a bunch of minions to, to staff <laughs> this our, our hotline. So please call in anytime, twenty four seven. We will be there for you. You can't see my face right now because it's a podcast, but I'm very sternly looking at each of you right now. All right, now you're going to get to hear an interview I taped on Wednesday during halftime of the Red Bulls game with Michael Collins of ESPN Plus. I hope you'll enjoy it. I hope you'll check out his show, America's Caddy. He's a good dude. I've known him for a while from when I would be part of the coverage team for the Masters. And take a listen. We've got a special guest on today's podcast, Michael Collins of ESPN+. Plus. You might know him from America's Caddy, his fantastic show on the network. I've seen him often at Augusta National when I've been part of the coverage, and you'll be in Atlanta for the Tour Championship coming up. Yep, I sure will be. Uh, looking forward to that. Came up a couple of days early because uh, – the rap party for America's Caddy is going on. So I was able to come up a little bit early. This is one of my favorite towns. It, it is. It's one of my favorite towns in the whole country. You know, we're lucky enough to go all over the country, but there are a few spots you get to and you're like, yeah, can't wait to get back there. You may be wondering why I'm talking to a golf guy on a soccer podcast, <laughs> but there's a really good reason. He's got a segment with Atlanta United goalkeeper Brad Guzan coming up on America's Caddy. He came to the Seattle game, the first soccer game he's ever been to, and loved it so much he came back for a Wednesday's game against Red Bulls. Tell me what you enjoyed about the first game and tell me about your segment with Brad. Well, I'll start with the segment with Brad. Um, I mean, it was awesome. I literally have now, I can say that I have stood on top of this stadium because I went the whole way up the stairs and Uh out onto the roof. And we took pictures and did some video out there. Um, I mean, the view from up there, you see the whole city of Atlanta and almost the whole state of Georgia (laughs) from up there. It's amazing. And it was a perfect day to do it. Um, And so Brad, I know, is into golf. And he's one of the guys on the team that's into golf. So uh, the year before, I had had some fun with Dominique Wilkins Mm -hmm. in the State Farm Arena. Um, so, of course, naturally, if you're going to do something, why not go into Mercedes-Benz Stadium with Atlanta United and maybe Chip? And I, I was going to, and he taught me kind of how to do a penalty kick. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to do a corner kick, but it's a little far for a short, fat guy. So, uh, and then we we actually did go to the corner, and we were hitting chips and trying to bend chips into a go into the goal oh. from the corner which was a lot of fun and like brad's just a, he's such a good dude 
Um, and he's really into golf as well. And so it made it really special. And then the next day was the game. And I had never been to an ML. I've never been to a, a pro soccer game before, ever. So my, and my son, who's 15, um, loves like Liverpool. Mm -hmm. That's his, what's on his bucket list. To go. I love your son. I'm also a Liverpool supporter. Uh -huh. There you go. <laughs> and I mean, one of the places that the Open Championship is played is in Liverpool. Royal Liverpool. Yep. Correct, where we're going next year. Yep. So the only downside that I had to explain to my son is, the season for the Premier League literally doesn't start until two weeks after we're gone. That sounds like a good vacation just to kind of keep it going. Yeah, I'm not staying in Liverpool. <laughs> I love fish and chips, but not two weeks of it, man. But anyway, back to coming here to the game, um, we were really excited. And, and I have friends of mine who are part owners with the Seattle Sounders. Okay. And so we had that rivalry going, but I'm not fans of theirs. You know, Atlanta United, I guess, is probably either them or, or Orlando City are the two closest teams to where I live. So my son, who's 15, it, um, he's undefeated at home games. So he's only ever seen two losses for team a team he's rooting for. Okay. And he's never seen a loss for a home team. Okay. So which is why he'll never move to Tampa. Both <laughs> of his losses were in Tampa. So he'll never go to Tampa for anything anymore. So when we got here, I, I told my host, hey, just a heads up, like, the boys have never seen a loss. So the, Atlanta's probably going to win. Well, they trail two to nothing right now and aren't playing very well. And that's what my, <laughs> my friend just said, should we send the jet down to pick up <laughs> the boys to bring them back? Can we get them back in school? To which I said, the kids would be cool with that. Yeah, Dad, we'll come. I don't know if their mom would be all right with that. <laughs> But, yeah, the way this game is going, it seems like we could use their magic right now. When does the segment with Brad, when does it go live? Uh, I think it airs this Sunday or Monday is when I think it okay. goes live on ESPN+. Plus. I know by Monday it'll definitely be up. Um, they like to use it as a preview to the Tour Championship because that's what it's about. We do a bunch of stuff with Eastlake as well. Um, it's just a – it's a – I'm really proud of this episode. It's so much fun. And Brad was fantastic. And being able to be here and and because this was also the first time I was ever in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Oh, okay. So everything about this place has been, like, amazing. Just amazing. Are you allowed to give a pick, your pick for the Tour Championship for the, or for the FedEx Cup playoff winner? I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm allowed to <laughs> because I'm supposed to write a gambling. Oh, okay. But the other thing is, trying to pick a golfer two weeks before is yeah. impossible. That's even though it's only going to be thirty guys, but I could pick someone who might not make it. Right, that's true. But I will say, um, if there's a guy out there who I lean towards because of the time that he had off and then how good he hit it when he came back, it'd be John Rahm. Okay. So, you know, this guy was world number one at right. one time, and he wants it back. The only thing that held him back in the first playoff event was his putter, and it was because he was used to putting on greens that were so much slower and had no grain. Mm -hmm. And so this week they're playing in Wilmington, Delaware, so his ball striking will still be good, and now he doesn't have to worry about grain. And once he gets used to tour speeds again, playing, you know, as Tiger always said, once you get your reps in, then it's like, oh, yeah, I got this. Go. So I think John Rahm will, will play well this week in Wilmington at the BMW, and then he will be so right now my favorite for the Tour Championship. But that could change 
Friday. Yep. <laughs> and tell folks how they can find you on social media. Uh, it's real easy, man. ESPN at ESPN Caddy. ESPN C A D D I E. That's my Instagram and Twitter where I do most of my stuff. And uh, you can, if you, t- I think on Facebook, if you type in Michael Collins ESPN, you can find, if you only type in Michael Collins, it's going to be 37 million people. So good luck sifting through yeah. that one to try and find me. But if you type in Michael Collins ESPN on Facebook, then I should pop up pretty well. But I'm all over the place, man. There you go. All right. That wraps up this edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And as always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. Y'all take care.